It happens sometimes when and where you least expect it. God's presence, God's spirit, makes itself known to us and calls us to see the world, calls us to live in this world in a different way. The kingdom comes closer into our lives. Sometimes that presence brings us joy. Sometimes that presence draws tears from our eyes that we had no idea that needed to be shed. Sometimes that presence, that love, calls us into places of challenge, discomfort. It happens sometimes when and where you least expect it. About five months ago, I found myself in an airport for the first time since this pandemic began. I was nervous. Okay, that's an understatement. I was terrified to step onto a plane. My anxiety was at its peak. I was terrified of traveling, getting on a plane again. Something that was a sign of returning back to normalcy was also anxiety-provoking as this familiar routine was now taking place in a new, unfamiliar reality. St. Paul's, I was nervous. Not only was I carrying with me the fear of boarding a flight in a pandemic, but I also found myself carrying so many questions and feelings with where I was headed, a place called Westfield, to discern a call of joining a faith community. So there I was in the fairly crowded Cleveland Hopkins Airport. As I made my way through the airport triple masked, I glanced around the terminal to find a space with seating that was fairly empty. I saw a corner at a gate with chairs against the window with no one sitting on them. The only people who were around were two young white women chatting with one another on one side, and on the other side, an African-American woman with headphones in, and a family with two young children running around some distance down. So I made my way over to the window, sat down, and began scrolling through Facebook as I waited to board my flight. As time passed, it seemed as if more and more people were seen running or walking down the terminal hall, but this gate stayed pretty empty. Breaking through the foot traffic and coming to a pause was a woman wearing these pink headphones over her beautiful hijab, which is the head covering worn by some Muslim women. I could see that she was glancing around for a place to sit, and for a moment it felt like she made eye contact with me and then began heading my direction towards the window seat. Do you mind if I sit over here, she asked. Of course not and she proceeded to sit two seats away. I'm Jasmine, she said. I'm Chris, I responded. She then asked me where I was headed, and I responded, New Jersey, and we realized that we were both traveling to the same destination. It doesn't feel real, she said. It's been over a year since I've been on a plane and reuniting with my family in the city. It's been hard. I have found myself praying daily that this day would come and have been watching from a distance the people in my city suffer. I had just moved here to Ohio and haven't met many people. It's been lonely. 
I responded back sharing my own hardships within this pandemic and the exhaustion that has come from it, as well as walking through what seemed as if it was the rise in the health, of the, uh, health crisis of racism, a rise of polarization in our nation. So what do you rely on when things get tough, she asked. If only she could see the smile under my mask. My face, I responded back and I could feel a smile being shared back at me. As we continued on sharing about ourselves, sharing about our faiths, waiting on our flights, we noticed glances coming from our right from the two women. Eventually, one said with a loud voice, where are you going? Who, me? I responded. No, not you. And then she pointed towards Jasmine. New York, Jasmine responded with a gentle voice. Then the other woman spoke with a loud voice, I never feel safe getting on a flight with people like you. Jasmine glanced down, and before I could speak, the African-American woman sitting on the other side of us removed one of her earbuds and said, excuse me? And the woman responded back, it's bad enough that we have to share this country with the two of you. Maybe we should go, Jasmine said. No, a voice from the distance proclaimed. And the couple with their two children came over and intervened. Eventually, this led to the two women departing the seating area in the gate and moving elsewhere. I'm so sorry, the father of the two children said. This is absolutely crazy, his partner followed up. And Jasmine simply responded back saying, happens all of the time. It shouldn't, I responded. Our spacing was then broken. Love had entered in. The conversation shifted to sharing of our experiences of discrimination, judgment, and times when we were simply made to feel that we didn't belong. We shared in laughter, we shared in story of our hopes of, for our world, our nation, our various communities as we journey through this pandemic. And as the boarding process began, the seven of us, a Muslim, an Episcopal priest, a Methodist, and a Jewish family shared in prayer, offering words from all of our various traditions, offering words of love, sharing with one another the beauty of our God. Before we dispersed, we shared with one another our contact information, promising that if we ever feel alone, if we ever feel overwhelmed or hungry for hope, love, and strength to carry us through the hour, the day, or the week ahead, we would always be one call away. St. Paul, just 30 minutes earlier, I had glanced to a fairly empty seating area with just a few strangers filled with anxiety, filled with fear about flying once again. But then it happened in a place and in a time where I least expected it. Love, peace, justice, our God washed over me and God's spirit was so very present around me. Those strangers, those neighbors were now friends. For a moment, God's spirit in that heavenly kingdom was brought ever so closer in our midst. At least, 
in that corner of the airport. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your soul. Love God with all your mind and strength. And second is like unto it. Second is bound to the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the words that Jesus shared with those gathered after being asked, what is the first, what is the greatest commandment? And what I love about today's gospel lesson is that we enter the story in a time where Jesus has been teaching, and debate and disagreement is all around him. There's division, there's an uproar, because Jesus was just teaching about resurrection, and the people gathered were troubled by what Jesus was saying. The message that Jesus was sharing went against all of what they understood about their faith. It went against all of the ways how they understood life and saw the world around them. And then among them, one of the scribes, one of their theologians, one of their religious authorities came forward and asked Jesus in the midst of them disputing, which is the first of all commandments? And he asked this question not to argue with Jesus, but he asked this question because he seemed to be curious. He seemed to be intrigued of what Jesus has to say. And when Jesus gives this answer that love is the greatest commandment, that loving God is the greatest commandment, that loving the other is the greatest commandment, the scribe says to him, you know what? You're right. Now, my friends, the scribe has heard about Jesus. The scribe has heard how Jesus is turning the world upside down, and he may not be convinced of all of what Jesus is teaching as being the truth or the only way. But when Jesus says that the only way is love, when Jesus says that love is the way, love is our foundation, that love is what God is all about, that love is what it means to live out your faith, the scribe realizes that indeed, before anything else, before any ritual or doctrine or political or social school of thought, that love does surpass it all. Love God with all your heart. Love God with all your soul. Love God with all your mind and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. St. Paul's, we're living in a complicated world. We're living in a world that is craving love. We're living amid a society that is polarized, that is divided, that fails to see the other, that fails to see one another as neighbor, that struggles to see, feel, and hear our God living among us. We are living in a world that is hungering for a message of change, that is looking for a way that will guide our hearts, our feet, and mind in a new life-giving direction, to create a world where hope lives, peace reigns, and justice prevails. We are living in a world that is hungering for love, a world that needs the kingdom to be brought from that far distant place to their doorstep. St. Paul's, this world is looking for disciples, followers of a God whose foundation is love. St. Paul's, this world is seeking faith communities, seeking a church who truly believes that love is the way that truly believes that love can change the world, that truly believes that love 
comes first. St. Paul's love is one of those perfect gifts that we're reminded of, and especially in this stewardship season. Love is one of those perfect gifts that we are charged to share to others as we strive to be good stewards of our church and of our world. Love is the mission that we are called to keep alive when we gather right here in this place. Love is what we are called to bring when we sing, when we share of our time, talents, resources, ourselves in this place so that we can go and do the same when we leave this place. St. Paul's, this world is looking for people. This world is looking for such stewards to go and share and live out the faith that Jesus has taught us, a faith where God is rooted in all we do and in all the places that we go, a faith that believes that God is present beyond Sunday morning, a God who dwells beyond the doors of St. Paul's and the doors of the Episcopal Church, but a God who wanders into a theater, the football field, and the airport. And as our presiding Bishop Michael Curry has said, if it is not about love, then it is not about God. So let us make everything you do and all of who you are about love, let's make it about God. St. Paul's, this world is looking for people like you and me to go and share and live out that faith that Jesus has taught us, where we love our neighbors, the neighbors who we like and the neighbors who we don't like, the neighbors who look like us, the neighbors who don't look like us, the neighbors who vote like us, the neighbors who don't, the neighbors who love, live, and pray the way we do, and the neighbors that don't. St. Paul's, this world is looking for people to go and share and live out the faith that Jesus has taught us where we love ourselves, yes, you, the way how God has made you, with all of your questions and doubts, the wrongs that have been done, the dreams and hopes and prayers that live in your heart, with all your strengths and weaknesses. Now, this is hard to do. My friends, we hear this scripture often. We quote it. But today, this world is waiting for us to live it. It's honestly relying on it. Let us receive this gospel proclamation and respond as the scribe and those gathered did, as if we were hearing it for the very first time. Let us digest how life-changing this message is. Oh, what a difference that can make in this world. That experience where love broke through in that airport terminal would become our classrooms, our workplaces, our homes, our churches, our political stages, our sidewalks, if only we choose to live it. Just this week, I received a text message from Jasmine. She bridged together in a group chat all of us, the strangers from the airport, to simply check in. We reminisced about that moment in the airport and how that experience encompassed the shared dream, the shared message, the shared work that all of us have a role in, no matter where we find ourselves and who we find ourselves with. And just before our conversation came to an end, 
Jasmine asked me one final question. So Chris, where have you ended up in this world? So in response, I sent the group a selfie from outside of the church and said, I'm here with your neighbors in Westfield. Jasmine responded back, share with them the power of the airport terminal. So to you, wherever you find yourself in your life and spiritual journey, I share with you the power which is the message of Jesus, which is the message of our God of love. Know that you are loved by your neighbors. Simply look around the space this morning. You are surrounded by neighbors who love you. And you're, you're surrounded by people who you might not have even met yet. But my neighbor, you are not far from the kingdom of God. So together, let's love God, love our neighbors, and while we're at it, love ourselves, and ultimately change this world, ultimately build that kingdom one terminal at a time.